It's Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024, and you are listening to Uranium Spotlight Podcast, Nuclear's Resurgence in a Clean Energy World, brought to you by PurePoint Uranium Group, trading on the TSX Venture and the OTCQB. And now your host, Chris Frostad. This week on Uranium Spotlight, we consider how high uranium prices can fly. We also look at the U.S.'s efforts to loosen Russia's hold on uranium fuel, big tech companies weigh in on nuclear power, and India picks up on France's new reactor objectives. The uranium market witnessed a significant milestone just over a week ago when the spot price exceeded $100, marking the first instance of a three-digit price since August of 2007. Last week, the spot price popped up on Monday to $106 U.S. per pound U308 and then took a breather, closing out on Friday at the same price. These developments come just two months after the spot price broke the $80 mark. The factors that contributed to that price surge, such as the impact of COVID, the Sprott Physical Uranium Trust, and geopolitical events, remain relevant. However, additional developments in the past two months have further fueled the rising price trends. The spot price's journey from $25 at the beginning of 2020 to $106 last Monday might be surprising to some. Various factors have played a role in this quadrupling of prices, including market shocks, unexpected demand, production challenges, policy changes, logistical constraints, and a growing bullish sentiment toward nuclear and uranium in the investment community. Despite understanding the factors influencing the uranium market, the current scenario is characterized by increasing uncertainty. Evaluating where the spot uranium price might head next involves assessing potential issues that could shape the market in the coming months. One pressing question is how high the spot price might go. The market currently exhibits a trend where each buyer entering the spot market encounters an offer price above the last transaction price. Unlike previous surges, the current rapid price increases, starting in August of 2023, have continued largely unabated week over week. As long as sellers demand higher prices and buyers comply, further price increases seem inevitable. The key question is why sellers can demand ever-increasing prices and what could accelerate or reverse this trend. Demand for spot material, potential life extensions for reactors, and the risk of missed deliveries are crucial considerations. Production challenges and supply issues have become more pressing, with concerns about mine output meeting production plans and unforeseen obstacles like the situation in Niger affecting operations. Beyond uranium mine output, the replaceability of converted and enriched uranium fuel remains a critical factor, with utilities seeking to maximize these purchases. Policy and trade concerns, particularly the U.S.-Russia policy debate, add an additional layer of uncertainty. Transportation issues, such as those in the Red Sea impacting uranium shipments from Australia to Europe, raise questions about potential delivery delays and cost increases. Financial actors, including hedge funds and publicly traded funds, continue to play a significant role in the market, attracting more investor money. The real message here is the unpredictability of the current world and the numerous unknown unknowns that could impact the uranium market. The only certainty is the expectation of continued high volatility and upward price pressure in the spot uranium market. The United States and its allies managed to successfully get themselves free of their reliance on Russian coal, natural gas, and oil after Russia's invasion of Ukraine in 2022. But there's another vital source of energy from Russia that they still haven't managed to let go of. The United States' plan to rid their reactors of Russian nuclear fuel is, according to the Biden administration, threefold. 
First, the administration will need to subsidize the domestic nuclear fuel industry. Then they must work with international partners to develop a global industry that is free of Russian influence. Finally, the U.S. must apply sanctions to Russian supplies of uranium. These sanctions will, hopefully for U.S. utilities, not result in Russia immediately cutting off all supplies of its uranium to the U.S., as that would result in U.S. utilities having to scramble to find new supplies of reactor fuel before their stockpiles run out. There are several Western companies, Coverdine, Rano, Urenco, and Centris among them, that could supply enriched uranium that is free of Russian influence. But these companies need government subsidies and regulatory assistance if they're going to replace supplies for the Russia state-owned companies 10X and its parent Rosatom, which currently account for half of the world's nuclear fuel supply. What's more is that there are plenty of countries around the world, and in Eastern Europe especially, that have Russian-built reactors, but also want to avoid using Russian-made fuel. Until recently, that was not possible with existing technology. Since the invasion of Ukraine, U.S. nuclear engineering firm Westinghouse has developed Western-made fuel rods that can fit into Ukraine's old Soviet-made reactors, giving some faint hope to those former Soviet states seeking to fuel their reactors without funding Russia's war. Production would still need to be ramped up, however, to ensure security of supply. On the legislative front, the Biden administration has also last year introduced a bill to fund conversion and enrichment services to the tune of $2.2 billion, which has now been approved. A bill to phase out Russian fuel imports by 2029 has also passed the House of Representatives, but is still awaiting confirmation by the Senate and has garnered threats of an immediate severing of supplies from 10X. In addition, the United States Department of Energy recently put out a request for proposal for subsidies of $500 million for uranium enrichment and conversion services. Whether or not Russian supplies would be cut off in the event of a U.S. uranium ban is a coin toss, according to the CEO of Covernine, who says that the 50-50 chance is reliant on whether the Russian government sees the potential for a return to the U.S. market at some point in the future. All of this means that the U.S.'s plan to wean its reactors off of Russian uranium is still a work in progress, but significant steps have been made. Speaking at Davos, OpenAI founder Sam Altman, whose company has been responsible for such important developments in the last year as that of ChatGPT, recently came out in favor of nuclear energy, saying that it's going to be important for the future development of energy-intensive technology such as AI. Another of Altman's companies, Alt-C Acquisitions, recently helped micro-reactor startup Oklo Inc. go public through a reverse merger, providing Altman with a vested interest in making small modular reactors and micro-reactor technology a reality. These innovative technologies would allow reactors to be built for cheaper, faster, and with less land use issues, accelerating the clean energy transition. Also involved in the nuclear renaissance is Microsoft founder Bill Gates, not only has Microsoft itself recently hired former Tennessee Valley Authority executive Aaron Henderson to head up the development of small modular reactor technology for its data centers, but Gates is also the founder of TerraPower, another nuclear power startup that is looking to build small modular reactors and has already set aside land for its demonstration project in Wyoming. Microsoft and OpenAI also consider themselves to be special business partners, so the intersection of AI, small modular reactors, and a couple of last year's hottest stocks, as well as some of the largest companies in the world, could take the industry to some very interesting places. The Nuclear Power Council of India, or NPCIL, recently announced that it would attempt to commission one reactor a year moving forward. NPCIL is a state-owned Indian reactor developer and operator. NPCIL noted that they had already achieved criticality on one reactor last year and are on track to commission another one this year. 
This would already set them on the right pace to attain the goal of commissioning one reactor a year. This is only a few months after France's state-owned EDF announced that it would attempt to build one reactor a year starting in the 2030s. The French government has already announced that it will be funding the building of at least six new reactors and as many as 14 new reactors going into the next decade. Another French company, Total Energies, an oil and gas producer, recently announced that they would be willing to buy power from EDF to help fund the development of those reactors. With that, both state-owned companies now have a plan to build one reactor a year. In addition, they both now have a viable path to executing on those plans. With EDF and NPCIL now setting for themselves an ambitious pace, they still lag behind China, a country which has 24 reactors currently under construction and 150 more planned to be commissioned within 15 years, setting for themselves the very ambitious goal of 10 reactors a year. In a report last Wednesday, Sprott market strategist Paul Wong and ETF product manager Jacob White described 2023 as a blockbuster year for uranium companies, one where the spot price of the reactive metal climbed 88.5% by year-end. The long-term fundamentals for uranium are bullish, and price momentum is likely to continue into 2024, they wrote. According to Wong and White, demand has begun outstripping supply, and the era of inventory destocking, the primary source of secondary supplies, is over. They note 22 countries have pledged to triple nuclear capacity by 2050, a period during which supply is definitely a concern. Uranium exploration has now grown to a fevered pitch as those companies responsible for filling that supply gap have the capital and enthusiasm to get to work. Numerous explorers are prepared to expend hundreds of millions of dollars in 2024 in search of new uranium sources. Companies such as Canalaska, Sky Harbor, Fission, and Stallion have all announced their plans for the coming year or the commencement of drilling. Today, Purepoint Uranium announced field programs at their two joint ventures and four of their 100% owned projects, all six projects residing in Canada's Athabasca Basin. Drills are eminently poised to start turning at their Hook Lake joint venture alongside their partners Cameco and Arano. The team then intends to move on with drill programs at Purepoint's Red Willow and Turner Lake projects. Bottom line, investors waiting to see exploration companies lean into finding new deposits are in for an exciting year. And that wraps up your Uranium Spotlight coverage for this week. For more news and events from the world of Uranium, please tune in next week to Uranium Spotlight. You've been listening to Uranium Spotlight, your weekly podcast dedicated to delivering the latest news and events shaping the uranium fuel market and its critical role in the global energy landscape. Brought to you by Purepoint Uranium Group. Purepoint actively operates a portfolio of advanced uranium projects in the world's richest uranium district and has established partnerships with some of the largest uranium suppliers worldwide. While our passion for this subject is undeniable, it's essential to clarify that the information presented here is not investment advice. Instead, our goal is to offer an unbiased and comprehensive review of recent events that could impact uranium prices. Join us again next Tuesday for Uranium Spotlight.